Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Nonsense and Storytime. This is part four of this series, and I'm really excited to continue this great book. We left off on chapter 26, and of course, it's me and Oliver again. We're going to be reading this great book, uh, well, quote-unquote great book, that we uh, made in fifth grade, and it is super exciting, lots of action, uh, drama, and depression. But anyways, without further ado, we're going to start off again from chapter 26, and uh, I think I'm ready. Are you, Oliver, are you ready? I think we will have to have a bit of further ado because uh, I would like to apologize for any and all, uh, by which I mean the two Patreon listeners, um, because uh, my computer died halfway through. I am oh, using, yeah. Yeah, that's right. or near to the end of that one episode. Are you, are you have it plugged in right now? Uh, no, I have my charger on standby though, and okay, good. as of the last time I checked, it was 100%. I unplugged it because it is a crappy school computer, pardon my French, uh, so when I have it plugged in, the fan goes so loud, you would literally not be able to hear me talking. Okay, well, at least you have it on standby. That's all we ask. Right. As soon as I see that notification, I'm plugging it in. You, as soon as, as, soon as that happens, you plug that, you plug that joint in. Oh, like, yeah. Like, faster than a cowboy with a, a sling with a gun. You swing, you swing that, you think you sling that thing out like a gun, like like a like a cowboy. A gun. You get my reference. Yep. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. You get it, like like a gun, like like well, a cowboy. That doesn't. It'd be more like holstering a gun. Like because... if Matthew McConaughey was in sure. a Lincoln commercial and he had okay, like a, a cowboy hat Very and he was driving a Lincoln Continental. Mm. And he had a gun. Is it just me? Yeah. And he has and he has a, a, a revolver, a silver revolver, with like a brown handle. And well, he just says, I get it there, and then boom, swings speak, that thing out. Speaking of uh, Matthew McConaughey, uh, Snake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> so, a little background story. In the middle of history class, Oliver decides to pull out of there. And by the way, we're playing um, a quiet game uh, for $5. We're basically right. robbing our friend of $5. And we're like, look, if we can go the whole class period and lunch, because our class is a split class. So, in the ha- middle of the class, we go to lunch uh, for 30 minutes. And so we ask, hey, if we are able to stay quiet the whole time by not making any noise um, or talking at all, can we get five bucks? And he's like, sure. So what do we do? We do it. And in the middle of like the end of class, the middle of the end of class, and the end of class, Oliver shows me a picture of Jake Gyllenhaal's head on an anaconda snake body called Jake, wait, snake no, Gyllenhaal. snake Gyllenhaal. And it's just his face. <laughs> you know what? You know what? No, I will. If anyone's listening to this, I'm gonna post the picture on the Patreon as extra content, so you can see what I'm talking about. Because I'm not crazy. Yes, it is Jake Gyllenhaal's head on a snake body. I'm well, posting no. that on there with no context, and only the people that listen to this episode will understand. Hold on, for the uh, for those people that haven't seen it and just heard the description, I feel like we'd want some fan art of that. Their own interpretations of a snake, Joan Hall. Okay, yeah, that you know we're doing it. All right, I want to see you guys' pictures of Snake Gyllenhaal. All right, I want the best darn Jake Gyllenhaal faces on a snake body. All right, now please keep it age appropriate. Don't like start adding all this weird crap to it. But Mm. you know, make a snake Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal, no, okay. Let's see it. Let's see your artwork. I know there's some artists out there. Hopefully, I feel like by adding that little. Uh, age-appropriate thing. You just put that seed in people's heads, and now they're gonna just start doing stuff. You know what? Shut up. Anyways, okay. uh, anyways, we won. 
the quiet game. So he better bring us our five dollars on Monday. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I was also gonna say, um, before I was really really interrupted about the snake Gyllenhaal. Uh, you were talking about, I believe, um. This is not how you do a seg- segue, Edmund. You gotta say speaking about whatever yeah, you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I don't remember topic. what you were talking about. Well, Snake Gyllenhaal. No, before we Snake Gyllenhaal. We were talking about Matthew McConaughey writing right. a. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. You interrupted me. Um, I want to go back okay. to that real quick because I just wanted to. Is it just me, or whatever you think of Matthew McConaughey? Please tell me you think of him in a Lincoln commercial. I have never seen a Lincoln commercial with oh Matthew McConaughey. Oh my god! Okay. I, I first learned about Matthew McConaughey from Interstellar. I That's... hate you so much. Okay, when I first heard of Matthew McConaughey, it was because I saw him as as a voice actor in a famous animated movie. Don't ask me what the animated movie was because I have no clue. But uh, he was in that, and then I looked him up. I was like, oh, I know who this guy is. I always saw him in those Lincoln commercials. And dude, he fits the Lincoln commercials so good. It's like it's it's like his spirit animal. Like Lincoln commercials is like Tom Cruise's addiction to running. Like they're literally go hand in hand. Hmm. Or, oh, never mind, I'm not going to say that. No, I can say that. Quentin Tarantino and feet? I can say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Dude, we had literally our first episode podcast was about feet. What are you talking about? Oh, right, that's true. So. Hey, I don't, there's not so much content that your podcast is like regularly on my mind. I'm not going to go and re-listen to stuff, you know. Be but, honest with me, though. Yeah. Have you listened to all our episodes? Yes, every single one. Oh, I actually really appreciate that. played on Spotify. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Well, can I ask you what was your favorite one? Um, boy, I forgot the names. The one I do remember though is uh, Ugh. you guys were talking about uh, Anakin lifting the apple up and everything in Star Wars. <laughs> I think that was, I believe, that was our third ep- or our second episode. What was that called? I can actually check right now. Maybe give me like five. I years. believe it was called Floating Pears. No, that might have been right. our first episode. Yeah, yeah. Floating yeah, that was Pears, our yeah. very first episode in January thirtieth of two thousand twenty-one. Dang. That was your favorite episode? Uh, iPhones, feet pics, and floating pairs, right? There's feet pics right there. Huh. That was your favorite episode? Our first one? I don't know that it's my favorite, but apart from the two I just listened to recently, uh, since I hadn't been cut up on it, it was, uh, as of recording now, the two most re- recent ones are Curious George and Chicken Nuggets, and then another Saturday Night with the Boys. Um, um so you're you're so what you're telling me is your your favorite is all our episodes. Well, I'm saying apart from those two, that's the one that like really just came to mind first. Huh, the first one. Yeah. Okay. Because I just remember you guys. I don't know if um, to, rather to take that as an insult or or a compliment. Well, okay. If you want an insult and a compliment, I'll do a little sandwich for you. Compliment sandwich. Uh, we'll start you off with a compliment. Uh, Edmund, I think you do fantastic sound design. Okay, here's the insult. Uh, Edmund, I have never once and I don't think ever will laugh at your podcast. Uh, here's the uh, second compliment. Um, yeah, no, I got nothing. I don't have a second compliment. Okay. Well, now but, I'm hurt. And now I'm considering kicking you off my show. Yep. Well, feel free. Do you, you just want to do this yourself? That's an option. Anyway, speaking of doing this himself, we'll get we back into it. Start- what this podcast is about, which is reading our short story, well, novella technically. Hmm. So, 
142 pages. That's actually yeah. technically a novella. It's not quite a novel because I believe a novel has to be around, I think, 170 to 200 pages. Well, they're not like long pages. I don't know. Mm, the chapters are no. real short. You know, I was surprised to find out The Great Gatsby is only nine chapters, but their chapters are like super long. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I hate long chapters so much. Yeah. You really got to let the reader take some breaks. Uh, speaking of letting the reader take some breaks, my apologies to any listeners. I'm a little, uh, I've been sick yesterday and today, so I might be a little congested. That might affect my voice. My apologies, but at least this time I have an excuse if I sound bad. So there you go. That is a positive way of looking at it. Yep. It can never cause your voice ugly. Like, well, jokes on you. I'm sick. That's right. not my true voice. Well, as of now, we are nine minutes into it. What do you say we get started? I say we get started. What do you say? Uh, yes. All right. Well, I say we get started. What do you say? Hooray. All right. Let's get started. So this is your chapter, I believe. So if you want to... We did discuss last time I was watching back the last episode that we said we weren't really going to read based on whose chapter was it, it was. But um, uh, I guess we can just read whenever we feel like it. Like if you want to read like two chapters because you feel like you want to read two chapters, it really doesn't matter. Um, but... We can, uh, we're going to leave off on chapter 26, or that's where we're going to pick up anyway, so uh, whenever you're ready. I think if I do recall, uh, I read the last chapter last time. Yeah, I, read I think you chapter. did. But I'll, I'd love to read this one, too. Okay. Take that deep breath. Well, I was actually exhaling. Anyway, chapter 26. Raven slammed her shoulder into the spinning door rushing through and ripping the caution tape on her way inside the mall. The massive gas cloud loomed behind her in the distance, slightly darkening everything it covered. Dust kicked up inside the cloud, making it look like a small, unnatural sandstorm. Raven hardly spared a look behind her as she sprinted away, quickly climbing the stopped escalator. Raven slipped, catching herself as she slid. Caution tape and orange cones flooded the area in front of her, but Raven jumped over them, keeping herself moving. Turning quickly, she made her way into a clothes shop. Running all the way to the back, she found the fire escape in the back. Sprinting up the first section of stairs, she fell, hitting the stiff floor hard. She remained there, letting the pain in her, in her heat, and her heat? Letting the pain and her heat, I guess, slowly go away. Just, just one little break. Raven wheezed to herself. Through the open door below, she could see the air turning into thin vapor. Get up. Get up! The gas was about to reach the door. Get up! Raven practically threw herself to her feet before sprinting up the stairs. As she sprinted up flights after flights of stairs, Raven wiped the sweat off of her stinging eyes. Hunger and fatigue were beginning to take their toll on her legs. By the time she reached the top, she was huffing again. Stopping at the top of the final staircase, Raven collapsed against the solid brick, roll, brick wall, panting heavily. Directly ahead lay a dark green metal door with a small padlock attached. Without hesitation, Raven pulled out her pistol and shot the lock clean off with a single round. The door swung outward itself and Raven crashed through, stumbling and toppling to the ground. Picking herself up unsteadily, she let her eyes adjust to the sudden light. A thin draft blew over her, and she almost fell again. The sound of voices from up ahead. Sorry, take that again. 
The sound of voices came from up ahead, and through her... It's, it's the disease. I'm sick. Okay. The sound of voices came from up ahead, and through her sweat-gazed eye... The sound of voices came from up ahead, and through her sweat-glazed eyes, Raven could barely make out seven blurry figures. Something solid smashed into her head from the side, and Raven collapsed. All right, well, that was chapter 26 about Raven, the super cool girl, and she's running from the cloud of gas that we're not sure what the origin is of, but there is one for uh, sure. Um, uh, Edmund, we're starting again because we do know the origin. Max made it. Remember the Max chapter where he had a scientist named Peepee or something? Oh, Peepee. Right. Yeah. Well, anyway, so I, I guess we do know the origin, but so she's running from the gas. Honestly, I think we've just made like, our gas. The gas is the new villain. You know what? We don't care about the the X. The, the the gas is the villain. I mean, imagine just. I mean, it mm, is it the type of gas that like burns stuff in its path, or is it like just like harmless until like you breathe it in? What do you mean? Like what movie it was I was watching where like there was a gas and like the gas burned stuff. I forget what movie it was. Are you talking about like Napalm? Because Napalm is sort of it, what? It was a movie. I can't remember what I was watching, but I the, don't know. the gas in the movie was like toxic, and whatever it touched, it would like burn. Hmm. Never heard of it, but there is a movie called The Mist where it's pretty much just this. Uh, oh, by Stephen King. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not what I was talking about. I, was, I don't know where I saw it from. I can't remember what it was. And then there's this Korean movie, and then there's this French movie where there's also, like, gas going on that's killing oh. a bunch of people or something. So, yeah, a lot of gas, but I have not heard of one where it's burning things. I can't remember where it's from. Anyways, uh, it, was, it was an interesting chapter, a good comeback, I think, or a good, a good chapter to come back to. Right. Ooh, oh boy. What? Are you seeing this? We're missing a couple chapters, it appears. Our next chapter doesn't have a number attached to it. Well, yeah, that and there, I I know my continuity, and there's supposed to be like two or three chapters in between these two. So the next chapter won't make any sense. Uh, yep, pretty much, and it's a pretty pivotal chapter. There's character dialogue between so should we my characters. Skip it or no? Because then there's a bunch more chapters later on. I I think oh, okay. I'll just fill everyone in. Okay, yeah, if, if you can from memory. Okay, all right. I don't know about your chapter because I'm pretty sure that there were there was at least one more chapter in the gap here. But for my chapter, it was uh, uh, Raven wakes up. Uh, there's like uh, she does some kung fu moves, in air quotes. I mean. Uh, on the people that are like holding her down or something. And then uh, she like, point, there's like a bit of a Mexican standout. They point their guns at each other and then they both realize that they're both non-infected survivor groups. She doesn't quite trust them, but they're like, hey, we're cool. It's all good. They're uh, a SWAT team apparently and they have uh, SWAT team weapons and armor and everything. And they're trying to uh, keep themselves alive. Uh, from these, the Ickies, the ICCs, the mutants. Uh, so yeah, and then I think it ended with um, 
like a the green the aforementioned green door that Raven busted through an ICC comes through there and she shoots it and that's cool and yeah. But then okay. the ICCs start coming up the side of the building and through the door and everything. So they're oh, right. all standing on the rooftop that, yeah. defending. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. Okay. Well, pretty good summary. I guess then we can pick up from this unnamed chapter. Wait, what was the last chapter? The last chapter was 26, right? What about the chapter after this? Is that 27 or is that a different one? Let me see. Uh, oh. The next chapter is 33. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's a gap. That is a big gap. That's certainly, yeah. Mm, that's kind of spicy. Huh. Can I check something real quick? I wonder. I want to see if on Google Docs, which the original is on, if, what was it called on there? What's this called? Um, what's the, the bad name? The maybe? No, the bad name of this book. That we, we hate the, I hate the name. What's Unspecified Fear? Um, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the name you chose. But like, yeah. Hmm. Unspecified fears here. Uh, chapter 26. Let me see if on here, if it's repaired. If so, then we can just pick up from here. We don't have to miss all those chapters. Well, if that's the case, either you're going to have to send all those to me and I'm going to have to scroll all the way down and my computer is going to sound like a jet engine. Or you're okay, going to have 26. to read all of them. No, that's 25, 26. No, Fingers it's the crossed. same on the original document. Really? Yeah. Man, that sucks. That does suck. Oh, well. Right, we'll a... just pick up and hopefully people don't get too too lost. Hey, hey, this this was like freshman year in fifth grade, so like, what do you expect? I I feel like there are also gonna be a couple plot holes and just confusing things in your chapters too, because oh, probably, probably. If there's like four or five missing. Probably, but who who Yeesh. who needs a story for a story? Right? That is true. It's all action and. I mean, have you seen Michael dialogue. Bay's movies? Exactly. Exactly. It's just yeah. Transformers All you need is explosions. Exactly. Boom, and you need Optimus just flying in there with his sword swinging, yelling Sam, or no Sam yelling Optimus. I think I've watched two of those movies, and they were when I was like five, or something. So what I've learned from his movies is story. What story? You don't need a story. So there was one where they straight up didn't have writers, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Apparently uh, you don't need them. All right. Well, honestly, you could argue none of the movies had writers, but we won't mm-hmm. get into that. <laughs> That'll be another discussion. Well, another discussion. Some of the movies had bad writers. Okay. Yeah. I, there's I mean, there's yeah. a difference. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. Well, anyway, ba- eh, would you rather have no writing or bad writing? I feel like that depends on your definition of bad. If uh, good or okay is like a medium level, you know, uh, then bad could be above uh having no writing or it could be way worse yeah i don't know all right well let's, depends on your definition of bad let's let's pick up we can talk about michael bay's trashy sure. movies later speaking um, of writing and reading uh edmund's gonna so graciously read this chapter i will and i'll read it in my jake gyllenhaal voice snake gyllenhaal snake put gyllenhaal. a little emphasis on the yeses okay snake gyllenhaal you got it the M- the, all right you ready the MP5 lurched in Raven's hands. She didn't use. She hadn't used one in a while. Another mutant made its way to the edge of the roof, and Raven kicked it off in a single fluid motion. Several spikes stuck out of her boot, okay, but she okay. didn't feel anything. <laughs> Ed, All right, Ed, I'm Ed. gonna read it normal. I'm gonna read it normal. 
I Please. Know. I'm going to read it now. From the top. Oh. The, MP- the MP5 lurched in Raven's hands. She hadn't used one in a while. Another mutant made its way to the edge of the roof, and Raven kicked it off in a single, fluid motion. Several spikes stuck out of her boot, but she didn't feel any pain. She hoped that they hadn't pierced her foot. Duncan's group was now down to only him and four others. The other three had been grabbed or thrown off the roof by the mutants. He had spent a lot of his ammunition, but had managed to conserve enough to last him a few more minutes. Raven could see no way out of this alive, but she kept shooting anyway. They were cornered between a death by they were cornered between a death by falling and a death by being ripped to shreds by vicious monsters. If she was forced to choose, she would not hesitate to jump. The group had to stay in a circle, all of them constantly back to back with each other. They were draining ammunition fast. One of the men before he had died had been completely out. Those still alive, including Raven, herself, were not too far away. At first, killing the creatures had seemed like a challenge, but now it seemed relatively easy. The weak spot was the neck, and Raven guessed that it was because they had fewer bones there than anywhere else in the body. While the 9mm rounds were small, all you needed was a fire one or two of them into a mutant's throat to kill it. As one of the remaining SWAT members blasted into a cluster with a shotgun, but the spikes from the mutant flew off and into his knee. He screamed in pain, stumbling backwards. Raven dodged to the left as he fell back, toppling off the roof and onto a dumpster on the street below. As Raven watched, she noticed something that she hadn't seen before. Electrical wires came out of a pole near the edge of the building, spanning all the way to a nearby skyscraper. Raven turned toward Duncan. I may have an idea, but it's not a great one. He turned to her, reloading his gun. I'm listening. Raven pushed off, gripping her gun with both hands. The wire bent as she slid, gaining momentum as she went downwards, sliding towards the deadly cloud of transparent gas. Duncan and the other members of the SWAT team were still holding off the mutants, and they would have to follow her one by one after she had gone. Their objective was to make it to the other building, climb as high as possible as they could, and then try to signal the helicopter with the flare that Duncan had on the roof, had from the roof. If there was a helicopter even coming, Raven had doubts that anyone would risk arriving to extract them at this point. If she was a pilot tasked with extracting a group of SWAT personnel from a situation as messed up as this, she wouldn't arrive without ground support. And there was no way that anyone could stay on the ground without a constant threat from the mutants. The way Raven saw it, they knew that the situation was hopeless for the team, so would it be even more of a risk to extract them. Her best bet was to get to high ground before the mutants overwhelmed them, and then hope that by some miracle they could attract the attention of a helicopter. It was the best chance they had, however slim it was. Raven rolled the wire like a zipline, gripping the stock and the barrel of her gun as the handlebar. Her hands were sweaty, but she had ziplines before. Those times she had a safety harness and someone ready to stop her at the end. This time, neither were present. When Raven was just about 30 feet from the gas, the wire hit a slight upward slope. The momentum of her descent sped her up, though friction from the wire's rub on the gun was having an opposite effect. As she slowed, she now realized the end of the line as it connected with the telephone pole several feet from the building. Raven was approaching fast, barely able to keep a grip on the gun. She didn't know if the gun or the wire could support her weight, much less the weight of the men that would come after her. Coming up at the end of the line, she was out of options. She had to jump. 
Raven leapt off before she hit the end of the telephone pole by throwing her weight of her legs forward, letting go of the gun with her left hand, still barely holding on to its stock with her right. She found herself in midair for a moment, feet pointed toward the window, gun awkwardly held in one hand, and screaming as she flew. Then she crashed through the window, her feet arched as they broke through the glass, flying a couple of feet before landing on the floor. Raven got up, brushing glass shards from her bare arms, noticing that she was bleeding. The gun stock was slightly bent, but the barrel seemed okay. Raven hopped on, hopped on, U-N, hopped on, hearing the Don't, whoosh- don't even. You got so many errors in your sentences. <laughs> hearing the whooshing sound as SWAT team member hopped into the wire, dropping her gun on the nearby table. She saw the red-haired man, who had called himself Jasper, come sliding down the wire. He repeated what she had done, but dropped his MP5 instead of holding on to it like she had. As he flew through the air, it was evident that he wouldn't make it. Raven fell to the floor and leaned over the edge, catching Jasper's outstretched hand as he fell. He dangled for a second, screaming in sheer terror. His gun fell, dropping into the mist and clattering the ground on the ground below. Raven couldn't hold on for much longer. Reaching up with his right hand, he grabbed the ledge and pulled himself up a little. Raven pulled as well, grunting as she did, and Jasper climbed onto the floor of the room. Raven heard another loud whoosh, and this time it was Duncan. He made the jump, though he dropped his gun in the process. Next was another man that he hadn't told Raven his name, followed by another named Will. Will managed to keep his gun with him, though the other man dropped his weapon when he jumped from the pole to the floor. As they made it to the other building, the SWAT members pulled out their secondaries or picked up their weapons and fired at the mutants on the wall in the mall. They were they were using up their remaining ammunition as they did, but they were managing to retreat without casualties so far. But now there were only two people back on top of the mall. The first ones got ready and pushed off, holding on tightly to his gun. Three mutants appeared, coming out of the fog below. They climbed up on the side of the mall, headed for the last person on top. Several people began firing at the mutants, and one fell with a screech. Come on, Roy! Jasper shouted, encouraging his friend on. The man on the zipline, Roy, was approximately halfway across. As the mutants reached the top, one turned, cutting slightly into the power line with one of the spikes on its back. The telephone wire snapped, having taken too much stress from the team and the added weakness from the small tier. Excuse me. The cable fell, dropping Roy with it. He plummeted, screaming as he fell through the air and crashed into a telephone pole. He went limp and silent for the rest of the fall, limbs bent at awkward angles. The other man, still stuck on the top of the mall, was surrounded as several more mutants climbed to the top. The group fired at them, but it was hopeless. There was no way that they could get they could get to them with the power line snapped, and he was out of ammunition. Ammunition. Cease fire. There's nothing we can do. Raven and Jasper kept firing, but the others stopped. I said, "Cease fire!" Duncan shouted. Jasper's pistol clicked, but he reached for another magazine. Raven stopped him, grabbing his hand before he could load in the magazine. Listen, there's nothing we can do, Raven said in a calm tone. Several mutants made their way up to the top of the mall just as the man on the top ran out of ammo. He turned, swinging his gun at the creatures, knocking one off the roof. One came up behind him, whipping its arm around his neck and pierced it with a spike. The man struggled, groaning as blood flowed out of his neck, kicking at the ones in front of him. You can either waste your ammunition now, or you can save it until it counts. Your choice. Raven let go of Jasper's arm, and he loaded the magazine into his pistol. He aimed, his arms trembling, his eyes full of tears. 
Slowly, he lowered his the gun. I'm going to make them pay. The man on the roof squirmed, but his eyes began to close. His movements became slower and slower until he finally stopped moving, blood running down his beard and neck. The mutant, the mutant dropped his corpse, and he fell to his knees, then on his face. The group turned, walking up the nearby stairs in solemn silence. Raven stood watch, watching the mutants scatter. They hopped on the building, disappearing into the thin fog. This man on the roof was left all alone, laying face down in a pool of his own blood. Suddenly, his arm jerked and he started to flail. Spikes jutted out all over his body and his skin turned snow white. His head turned and he awkwardly began to stand up. The creature stood, hunched over and sinister looking. I turned to the skyscraper, seeing and acknowledging Raven. The mutant let out a bone-chilling screech, staring, da staring Raven down. Raven lifted her MP5, firing a single shot through the creature's mouth. The sound of the gunshot echoed throughout the quiet city. Ooh. Dang. That was a good that was a good chapter. Too bad it was doesn't have any significance. Yep. Yeah, so things I didn't mention because I forgot them. One's one's name is Jasper, one's name is Will, uh one's name is Roy. That wasn't established, but he dies, so who cares? Uh he died, I mean. It's not a spoiler. Uh one's name is Duncan, he's the leader of the group. Uh and yeah, Will Jasper Duncan. And yes then Raven, and they're going to climb to the top of the skyscraper because there was a helicopter established. It was established that they were on top of the building because uh, Duncan had a flare that was going to signal a helicopter, uh, and that was his plan, but the mist was rising too fast, so that wasn't going to work. Yeah. Man, I I think I still think it's really unique how like the, the gas affects everybody differently. Right. How it's like some people turn really quickly, some people don't turn at all, and then some people just uh, turn really slowly. That was a detail I added. Like, uh, far be it from me to say that I know what my like seventh grade mind was thinking, but <laughs> uh, I think I might have added that on purpose since he got killed slow and they were sticking spikes through him and like into his bloodstream, and he got like plenty of that in him he transformed pretty fast like the oh, okay. spikes jutted out over his out of his body pretty fast but uh i don't know uh, that might have been intentional is all i'm uh, saying because he got okay. infected slow he turned fast oh, okay um so uh, all right well let's keep momentum going let's uh, jump to uh chapter 33 what do you say sure all right, all right. i can uh, i can read the... That's a short one. I can read that one. You want to? Okay. I believe I I believe I wrote this one. Um, chapter thirty-three. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't know why, but whenever I read, I always am out of breath after. <laughs> well, we do spend quite a. I don't know. It's it's a lot to do, you know. Yeah. Podcasting right. is is just it's just using your voice, but then again, a voice is a resource that can be exhausted. I, like, don't want to breathe into the mic, too, so I, like, unintentionally hold my breath. Mm. I <laughs> bet I apologize to future Edmund who's editing this because I bet I'm breathing into it a lot. I'm trying to mute myself while you're reading because I... Yeah, I do that, too, when you read, yeah. Right. I, right. I clogged up, so... Yeah, but that's fair, though. That's all right. All right. All right, chapter 33. <coughs> the phone buzzed in Jim's breast pocket. He picked up the phone and talked. Hello, he said. 
The voice on the other line was rough and coarse. I called HQ. They didn't pick up, so I called you. I need you to find out if any bombs were assigned to be dropped in New York. Because several minutes ago, two buildings collapsed because of one. The voice belonged to Matt. Alright, is anyone hurt? One guy. I don't know who. He was crushed under the rubble. Okay, I'll send a copter. Jim hung up and walked over to Rex, climbing inside the truck. Hey Rex, I just got word of a bombing in New York. Was there a call to bomb that area? Rex turned his head in, con in, in confusion, and confusion filled his eyes. What? No, we made sure that area wasn't to be bombed yet. Well, Matt just called and said there was a bombing. Rex sat there and thought. Call them back and tell Brad to get the group somewhere safe. Did you call a heli yet? Asked Brad. Not yet, I was just about to. Okay, great. Truck is leaving soon, so he may so make the call and let's go. Jim pulled out the satellite phone he had been, he had been handed when in the lab and dialed the number. The phone rang. Yeah, we need a copper to south of New York pronto. The line went dead. The line went dead, said Jim. Rex pressed against his temple with his index finger. Well, let's hope they know what to do, said Rex. Jim climbed to the truck. The truck was a military grade and had a huge open top trunk so almost the entire group of scientists and military could fit. The truck roared to life and drove off. The road was rough because of the bodies of dead creatures that laid scattered. It was hard to maneuver around the bodies without running over them. Rex sat silent, staring at his wallet. What are you looking at? Asked Jim, trying to make conversation. Rex turned around his wallet and showed Jim. There was a clear pocket on the right side of the wallet that held a photo of a blonde, middle-aged woman hugging a young girl. They were both smiling. My wife Kristen and my daughter Gianna, said Rex, closing his wallet back up. They were infected. Didn't even take a minute. They just turned. I didn't have any other choice but to. Rex stopped talking and he wiped his eye. I'm so sorry. I can relate, said Jim. <laughs> my partner was turned in a head and I had to do the same thing. <laughs> Hardest thing I ever had to do. This guy lost his wife and his daughter, and this guy saying his partner. This yeah, dude, it was my first day on the job, and I killed my partner. It's definitely comparable <laughs> to your situation. <laughs> this is so bad. What did I do? <laughs> <laughs> I had to shoot my daughter. Oh well, you know, I had to. I had to do something like that. <laughs> anyways, anyways, my partner was turned, and I had to do the same thing. Hardest thing I ever had to do. What was his name? Carter. Jim's eyes began to tear up. The conversation was interrupted with a loud screeching halt, or a loud screech caught their attention. The driver got out and removed his Glock. The sound of firing made Jim jump. The creature who was standing only feet away fell to the ground with a large bloody hole in its collar. Nothing to worry about. Just a stray creature or mutant, or whatever you call him, said the driver getting back into the truck. The truck started back up and drove over the body. Cracking and snapping, confirming its fatality. Yeah, but that was a terrible thing that I've done. I feel so bad that that's that, like there's no correlation with that. Yep. He lost his wife and daughter, and he just says, "Yeah, mm -hmm, I had to kill my partner." I know what you're talking about. I know how you feel. Like, oh my god, <laughs> dude, my seven year old mind was like, "Bro," our seventh grade was like, "Bro, this is awesome, man." There's. They're having a character connection. These guys that have barely dude, just Rex met. Rex is probably just thinking in his mind, dude, this guy is a butthole. Dude, yeah, he's he's just itching for the chance to, like, shoot the guy and then just, like, <laughs> shout at his corpse. No wonder 
I, I won't spoil it, but at the end, I was like, no matter why he does that, but mm. not that, not what he, not about like shooting. What Matt, I said, but yeah. Well, there's something that happens at the end. But it was um, Jim. No, it was uh, Rex. No. Oh, it, oh Jim. Yeah, no, yeah. Sorry. You did spoil huh? it. You did spoil what? it. I didn't you spoil, spoil it. anything. Okay. If you say I just so. said something happens with Rex and Matt or Jim. Who was the character? Shooting. Jim. It, it was something Jim. happens with Rex and Jim. I won't say what. Um, but uh, okay. That's really all there is to talk about that chapter. You want to continue with thirty-four? Sure. Why not? Let's get this painful, painful thing over with. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the my wife and daughter. Oh no! Yeah, my partner died. That should be a meme. Be like when your friends just sympathize with you about your dead wife and daughter by saying he killed his friend. What would have been so much funnier if, like, his it was like a canine unit and his dog had died, and he was like, "Dude, I could so I could relate to your pain, man. My dog, dude, I had to shoot, dude, my, dog, shoot my dog. It was horrible." <laughs> you know, I noticed that's one thing we didn't do in this book. We didn't like transform the creature, like animals. Hmm. I think in my mind, uh, part of the intrigue about this was that they didn't transform. Okay. I don't know. Or maybe they did. I don't know. Yeah. Once again, I'm not going to speak for my seventh grade year old self, but I am going to read his chapters, which this is not one of them. This is your chapter. Do you want me to read it or do you want to read it still? Well, I'll read it. Okay. We're taking turns. All right. <clears throat> Matt sat against the wall of the building inside of a stairwell his chest going up and down. They're sending a copter. We just ace to wait. We just ace to wait. They're sending a copter. We just ace to wait, said Matt, bending over on his knees. A loud screech above them caught their attention. Everyone looked up and a body fell. The body connected with the ground and a loud crack echoed. The body laid there motionless. Check for a pulse, said Brad. Matt bent down and squeezed his index and middle finger together and pressed them down in the woman's neck. There's a pull. Matt was cut off when the body's hand flew up and cut Matt's neck. He fell sideways, holding his neck. Get out! Everybody out! yelled Brad, pushing everyone out the door. As soon as everyone was out, he slammed the door closed and leaned on it. Matt got up and banged on the door. The little window of the door showed his face of horror. A muffled, raspy help escaped Matt's mouth. A muffled, raspy help escaped Matt's mouth. Brad pushed harder onto the door as Matt tried to push it open, and the body behind him began to rise. Its arm was broken and its neck crooked. It slowly walked towards Matt and slashed the back of his head. Blood splattered under the small window of the door, obscuring Brad's sight from the outside. Brad waited until the screaming and rustling around stopped. Brad held his breath and listened. The window broke and cut. Brad held his breath and listened. Suddenly, the window broke and cut Brad's face. He fell backwards and the door slammed open. The creature walked out, looking the same, but with a blood splatter covering its whole front. Its nails and crooked teeth were stained red, and its eyes darted back and forth as if to see who to attack next. Josh grabbed his gun and shot several rounds into the creature. It screamed as it was being shot. It fell over and didn't move. Thanks, 
said Brad, getting up, covering his face. Yeah. Brad stood up and leaned over to the side of the wall of the building. His left eye was closed and had a long, deep gash. The sound of flying helicopters broke the silence. Transport's here, said Brad, stumbling. The group walked over to the helicopter in silence. The door of the copter slid open. All right, everyone jump in, said the captain. Okay, hold up, said the captain, yelling. All right, everyone jump in, said the captain, yelling over the spinning blades, the loud spinning of the blades. As soon as everyone jumped in the copter, it began to lift off the ground and a cloud of dirt flew up. Sly slipped off his headset as the captain's... Sly slipped on his headset and the captain spoke. The base moved locations. The virus moved further north. The new bases in the... The base moved locations. The virus moved further north. The new base is in Illinois. It's temporary until they can find a way to stall or stop the virus from spreading further. Sly sighed and leaned his head against the window. His head began to ache. This was all like a movie to him. This stuff only happens in movies. But now it was happening, and in real life, Sly thought. He began to let his body drift into a light drowsiness, and then sleep came. I think... Oh, interesting. So I'm pretty sure that that was the chapter in which a thing was supposed to happen. Uh, well, I'm shocked that Matt died. I do not remember killing him off. I do remember that. Were you mad at that? I don't remember. No. Well, it was your character. I had, like, no real... Oh, okay. Well, I feel sentimental about Matt. That He was done dirty. Hold on. I'm reading ahead because I don't want to spoil it, but potentially you might have rewritten what happened there. Remember that thing that happened? Okay. It looks The coast looks clear. Okay. I don't think it's there. Well, so, I, uh, I'm sentimental about Matt. I'm, I think he got done dirty. Right. Poor guy was just... Dang. Well, I think uh, you in seventh think, grade or whatnot... I think Jim is going to be mad. You in seventh grade or whatnot thought that he got done dirty too because the way I remember this chapter going before until you had edited it was like Jim got, which, and this doesn't make sense, of course, uh, Jim got like real mad that Brad, who is a new character that was probably introduced in the chapters that are just gone that we sort of skipped, uh, was uh, Jim got super mad at Brad for locking the door and not letting Matt in, which... It's a bit reasonable because there's a creature in that room and whatnot, and he's injured, perhaps mm-hmm. infected. Uh, and then the creature kills him, of course. That stayed the same. But Jim got so mad that he just shot Red, and everyone in the group was fine with it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do They're like, yeah, that's justice. Like, yeah, they're like, what? Justice. He saved the group. I that didn't like Brad anyway. <laughs> you, you had such oh, a habit God. of creating characters just to die. Just to do one thing and then die. Oh my goodness. <sighs> but yeah. The next chapter is really short. I think you wrote that one because it's a Raven chapter. That makes sense. I think that'll have to be, I suppose, our final chapter and then I'm going to have to go. This will probably be a shorter episode. 45 minutes? Um. Yeah, I mean. My apologies. Have... Just looking at the time, it's not looking okay. great for me. I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a shorter one unless we can make it to at least 36. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to end it here. Okay. I hear movement upstairs, so something's going on. 
Okay. We'll have to check on that. But here's the last chapter. Right. Several sta staircases up, and Raven was really starting to feel how tired she was. She hadn't eaten all day, and all the running and fighting she had done was starting to take a toll on her body. She was gasping for air as she continued upwards and kept taking constant breaks every chance she got. All the death and killing she had done had to all the death and killing that she had had to do was taking their toll on her mind too, and she couldn't stop remembering watching Roy fall, the armored car explode, and the woman's face being punched in. Amazingly, she managed to keep pace with the SWAT team members despite her poor condition. They climbed the stairs with ease, stopping occasionally to look for supplies on some floors. It seemed that the building had been evacuated in a hurry before the gas could come, and the workers had got a good head start on the virus. Despite this, they had left a lot behind. Duncan and his team had found a pack of water bottles, which they distributed evenly throughout the group. Raven had also found a small pen and a little notepad to draw on that nobody seemed to take interest in. During each of the small breaks they took, Raven took time to sketch things she had seen during the day. She drew the mall, an MP5, as well as members of the SWAT team. Finally, the group stopped at what Raven guessed was about the 12th floor. Duncan had found a couple of vending machines and managed to break into them. The group ate in silence, and Raven topped off and counted all of her ammunition. She had about two magazines left for her MP5 submachine gun, and had attached the blade of a paper cutter to, to a leg of the table to make a crude-looking axe. From what she knew, Duncan had two magazines left for his pistol and a half pair of scissors that made for an ugly-looking knife. Jasper had his pistol with only a single magazine left in it, and he didn't even have a spare knife on him. Will had one magazine for his MP5, though he still retained six for his pistol. The last man, whom Raven still didn't know the name of, only had his pistol on him, though he kept two magazines of MP5 ammunition. The group finished eating and began upwards again. Raven had a feeling that it would be a long time before they reached the rooftop. Alright, I think that was a good episode to end on, actually. Um, yeah. Um, was that, I don't know if that's the last Raven chapter. Oh, certainly oh, not. Pardon, okay, good. And then it actually starts getting better from here. But it's So we left off on chapter 36. Um, next time we'll pick up on 36. And then um, we're actually sure. on page 88 of 142. So we're definitely next time we'll reach page 100 at least. And then we'll only have 42 pages left. So it's pretty crazy. Um, but uh, your, uh, your mic is muted, Oliver. Gosh darn it, I said some very insightful things that were very wise and that would change the lives of any listeners who had heard them, but now I can't remember them, so that's just a pity. I apologize. That's all right. Well, <sighs> this was, this is a shorter episode. I'm at 50 minutes, so not, uh, well, technically 10 minutes shorter than an average hour blog, but it's not that much shorter. But anyways, we're going to stop here for today at chapter 36, and we'll pick up next time at 36. And uh, I hope you guys are enjoying the series so far. Really, We're really having a lot of fun. Uh, reading this book it brings back um good and bad memories and mm. just it's really fun to read uh what our minds were thinking at uh this age in middle school so it's really we're really glad uh, that we're able to read this for you guys and especially that you guys are actually willing to uh to support the pay the podcast by uh wanting to listen to this uh, special content it really helps out the podcast uh to pay for the website and to pay for gear uh that we can update 
our podcast materials. Um, I just want to uh, shout out our Patreons real quick before we end this episode. And there are two Patreons, and one of them is Niels Bohr and then B-Boy Bobby. That is their nickname. That is what they like to be called for their shout-out. So that is a shout-out. Thank you so much uh, for subscribing to our Patreon. Keep an eye out for uh, Part 5 of Nonsense in the Story uh, Time uh, coming out in, um, uh, in June um, for Part 5 coming out in June because every month there will be a new part. So obviously this part is in May, and then there will be Part 5 in June. So keep out a lookout for Part 5. Um, but also I just want to say... Um, as a as a little shout out to my friend there's actually a new podcast that my friend has uh, uh developed it is on spotify currently only and it is called excuse me a second it is called uh the little details of the great big world it is on spotify i will link it in the description of this uh, uh patreon podcast go check it out he has a podcast that has a lot of cool information about uh uh, science things and how things work basically it's more of a thinking podcast so if you enjoy that they're shorter episodes they're not like hour long two hours long they're short episodes they're really informative and uh, yeah, i think you'll really learn something when you listen to that episode or their episodes so check them out i'll add that uh the link to their show in the description of this patreon episode but before and we end anything do you want to say anything oliver yeah uh i would like to shout out or plug rather my podcast uh which i'm doing independently of you the uh, Joe Rogan experience it's called we've made a deal with Spotify uh, for those of you who are just hearing my voice uh, and not seeing my face I'm the big bald guy that does uh, that's there for all the episodes most of the episodes yes I, think guys, he, I mean I, I have uh, thousands of episodes but his cover name is Oliver but his real name is Joe Rogan exactly exactly well now that you're announcing it you're gonna have to cut this out later to oh, not let right, the people right. know oh right right this is going to be a great time in the episode. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. Make sure to check back for part five again in June. I hope you guys enjoyed this part or this yeah this part of uh, part four of nonsense and story uh, story time. Be sure to keep out uh, a lookout for the next part. Enjoy your day. <laughs>